Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Joanne Beaudray Laroc, and uh, today um, it's September 23rd, 2023. And today, I'm uh, my guest on my podcast is a good dear friend of mine, Noella Rinaldo. She was Noella Garda, Garda when I first met her. And uh, this was a long time ago. Our Kenyanite friends might remember. Uh, but we're both, uh, we both lived uh, with our families in Abitibi Canyon, which is, uh, it's about 100 miles south of Moosonee, I would yeah, say, Noella. That's, about it. that's a pretty good description, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then about 45 miles north of Smooth Rock Falls. Yeah. And it was uh, literally in the bush. Yeah, there was nothing around us, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and we we grew up there because both our fathers work for Ontario Hydro, now called Hydro One, and we lived in the canyon for, I think we were about seven years. How many years did you live in the canyon, Noelle? I lived there from the time I was probably two years old and two or three years old till I was about 15 or 16. Um, I think I was... I want to say I was 15 when we left, uh, when I left, because I left a little bit before my parents. So, and why did you do that? Well, I wanted to, my parents knew they were moving. They were starting to shut the canyon down a little bit at that time. And we were five kids. And I wanted to start, I had um, finished my high school, but I was only 15 years old. Oh, so they allowed me to go to a big school in Timmins, and that's where my parents were going to be moving. Uh, they allowed me to take one one semester, uh, one year, um, I just had to take stuff that I had never taken before. Right. So I was taking uh, grade 13 theater and grade nine sewing. As long as I hadn't taken the course, I was allowed to take it because technically I had a de- uh, high school degree from Smooth Rock Falls, yeah. but I also have a high school degree now from TH and VS. So it was a weird, it's a weird situation. It has something to do with the semester system, which they did in Smooth Rock Falls. They had tested out a semester system and realized it was just a little too intense for most people. And then what do you do with these kids? And like myself, I graduated. I was 15 years old. I can't go anywhere. No. So um, they allowed me to go to TH. Where did you, who did you stay with? I stayed with my grandmother. So my parents were knew they were going to be moving. They were hoping to be moving in January. So I said, well, I'm going to stay with my grandmother, my grandparents, both my sets of grandparents, uh, my, grand, my dad's mom and my mom's mom and dad lived in Timmins. So I stayed with my grandmama and started TH in September. And then what happened is my grandfather passed away in January and Hydro, my mom couldn't come right away. So they didn't move until the summer. Like that point, they said, well, we may as well leave the kids in school, the young kids, because yes. I had four brothers and sisters and we'll move in the spring. And when, when the summer when school is over and that's when they moved uh, to Timmins and I bought a house and then I moved back home with them. Yes. So it was a... Um, it was nice just being the only after being the oldest of five. It was nice to buy, be the queen of the house when I was living with my grandmother and grandfather. It's, it's funny that we both live with our grandparents. I know, at time. yeah. And then when my grandfather passed away in January, it just made sense for me to stay with my grandmother yes. for uh, for that transition period. So it worked out uh, really well. So, but yeah. we both attended uh, Fraserdale Public School, public school? grade yeah. eight, and our principal was Mr. Irwin. I, oh, geez, I forgot that remember? name. He lived across the street from us. He yes. did. He not live in your house eventually or no oh, uh, next door below, I think 
Well, we for, when we first moved to the canyon in 1968, I believe, uh, we lived in a three-bedroom pink bungalow. <laughs> and we moved to a, a two-story, four-bedroom house because my parents kept having kids. Kids, yeah. Six, so you had five kids in yeah. your family. But we both went to the Fraserdale Public School. Went to Fraserdale Public School. It was good memories. I mean, living in the canyon was really a utopia. When you look at yes. the world today and you try to describe to someone what we grew up in, yeah. um, I mean... No municipality would ever be able to build that structure that we had to be able to go swimming and go upstairs and go skating and then curling rink and bowling alley and to have that all in one building. I mean, I talked to people that are our age that went up there to say to play hockey and they still said, you know, did, did that really happen or did I dream that when I was a kid I went and played hockey there yeah. and that you had this building? I said, no, that building existed and it was a pretty unique situation. And I mean, we were all such a tight knit community and as teenagers, and I say that loosely because we were probably between the ages of 11 and 20. Yeah. But anybody that wasn't, in, you know, that was in that age group or was started to go to high school kind of all hung around together. So we were unique ages, unique groups. Yeah. Um, and we lived at that rec center. Yes, the recre- recreation center was built by Hydro, and I believe they spent $2 million building then. That, that facility. And it had indoor swimming pool, like you said, the library, bowling alley, skating, curling rink. Curling rink. My parents' spent, pool room? Yes, the pool room. Gymnasium with the theater? Yes, and, <laughs> and we had bands and, and whatever. And it was just the best childhood ever. It was. I mean, when you look at the world today and what kids, what you can afford to do and what you can afford even in time. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your kids are in hockey, it, it's they're in hockey, it's expensive. Yeah. But then there's no way you can bring your kid to hockey and then cross the city to go skate swimming. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. You can't do it time-wise and you can't do it, you know, financially anymore. Yeah. So that was pretty unique. I mean, everybody skated, everybody swam, everybody played pool. I, I was, a, and I thought of this the other the other day. <laughs> I went to, to we went to a, out to a bowling alley and I went I was a pin girl. Do you remember that? Did <laughs> yes. you do that? Yes, I did. Yes, that was one of my jobs. Plus, oh. I worked in the at the cafeteria. Plus, I was a recreation supervisor <laughs> with little kids. <laughs> but uh, the pin girl thing, I said I remember. All of a sudden, the smell came back to me. Oh my god! And the, and I went, my god, that was a job from hell. It, you had no. <laughs> Safety in today's world, they would never allow it. No safety, like I mean, we just stick these twelve and thirteen year olds behind a flying ball with pins, flying all over. There's no way in today's world you would ever be able to do it. I'm sure sure there's kids that out there that got hit with the ball, like there has to be, or got hit by a pin. And I can't. I'm sure there's somebody's going to answer it to listen to this and go, yeah, I was one of those kids. When I think back, and I mean, I remember. Is even being young, I remember how sore my body would be when I'd get home. The yeah. jumping up and down and putting the pins. But like I said, I distinctly remember the smell. Yeah. Like I can remember the smell of those pins and how dirty my hands were when I went home. But it was a great job. I must have got made, you know, we must have got paid money. And I, I think, you know, any money we made was great. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. we did. And it, so many memories. We had our teen dances yeah. there at the... Uh, All together, um, at one time, you were probably president of the teen club. I know. Yeah. I was briefly, and I counted there were 45 teenagers, and we wow. were a t- tight-knit group yeah. of friends. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, sometimes we'd smoke behind the rec center and get caught. I never smoked. I did. <laughs> I, was, I never smoked. I was the badass. <laughs> 
Well, it was really good. But we've had a couple of parties in your yeah. bedroom. Yeah. And, oh, we had some good times. And I remember the music. I remember the music in the recreation center. I remember we had this little room at the side when you walked in the door. There was That was like a kind of our little clubbing room. Do you remember yes. that? Right? Yes. When you walked in the door, there was two rooms there. And we one of them was ours, like okay. an office thing. And it was a yeah. room not much bigger than here. I thought in it was this hotel the room. Colleen Bonspiel room, but it was a separate It was room. a separate room in the front. And we used to be able to allow to play, I think it was a hairdressing shop when the hairdressers came I okay. think I think okay. but we were allowed to we played music in there and when I think of the music like Black Sabbath and oh, like you know like there's certain songs that'll come on the radio in and it just in a god of the vita and it just brings me right back to that time it's just as it did with the bowling alley and the and the smell yeah. there's certain songs that just trigger that I just go oh my god that I remember that from the canyon and we were exposed because there was kids that were older than us we were yeah. exposed to different music and to music that as a 12 year old I probably never would have been exposed to no. um you know like I remember the song like I remember some of these songs and some of the music but but I do remember and I'm wondering if you remember this I remember but I would have been in grade eight so you may have been gone then but I remember getting my first KTEL record Mm, and oh, yeah. and I one had, of the I had some too. you had some too. And <laughs> well, I had a little record player. Oh, and then when Christine Filio's mother passed away, remember? It was yeah. so sad. It was an accident. Uh, a logging truck. I gave her my little record player, but then my parents bought me another one. But I think it was I had some KTEL records. KTEL records at that time. And, but yeah, yeah, and I remember there was a song, and they taught us they taught us a dance when I was in grade eight. Uh, one of the teachers there, and I don't remember her name, but she taught us uh, this dance, some real simple dance, and I can't even think of the song. It might come to me in a minute, but it was on the first. You know, they used to make those KTEL records that were like ten yes. songs yes. on one, well, and it was one of those. It was yeah, it was one of the. Um, oh, and it's going to come to me. It'll come to me before it's over. I can kind of think of it here in my head here but it, yeah whenever I hear that for sure it brings me right back to the canyon but like I said there's other songs we didn't have a radio station no in the canyon. no radio station I think the closest radio station was either in Smooth Rock Falls or is it Capus Gacy or no, Cochrane I don't ever remember listening to the radio I do remember the TV I remember having like you had the, two channels two channels <laughs> and you had the Indian head thing that like, yes. the TV would not come on to like I think 11 in the morning yeah and it went off at a certain time at night even though I was loud but I remember if you were sick and you were at home the TV didn't come on till the soap operas, which was like at 11 o'clock or something. There was no TV in the morning. Oh, okay. The, I remember the Friendly Giant, but I don't remember. Oh, maybe it was only on certain days or yeah, something, but maybe even later. Certain, yeah. But I maybe. remember our, when I was young, I remember like there's no TV. Like, it's not on yet. It's got the, whatever that was, a satellite dish with the Indian head. I don't know what it was, yeah. but it said no TV till the TV station actually came on. Which is weird. Wow. I, do you remember the first color TV who had it? I remember there was somebody no, had the first. I don't remember. I think it was, was it the Levings or somebody got the first color TV. Oh my And gosh. I remember there being this big buzz because they got the color TV. <laughs> like it was like the things you remember, right? When you start to think of your childhood. And I'm not good with my memory. I don't remember well, a lot of things. Well, is, isn't that great either. Oh, 100%. you remember all kinds of well, things. You remember I, names. I, and... Well, okay. I Some I do, some I don't. But... Uh, I'm going to throw a few things at you. The defogger. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that I remember. My dad used to drive it. Oh, so he would come. My dad drove my it? My dad drove it. And he okay. would come for lunch mm -hmm. and leave the goddamn thing running. <laughs> so my mom would get pissed because it would, you know. But, I mean, he said, it's going to kill all the mosquitoes. Like, God knows what was in that. Why were, it was, not, like, why were not all, like, I mean, we are. We all have had, you and I have both had thyroid cancer. Yes, we both have. I have that. to wonder if it's because we ran through that goddamn we ran through that fogger 
<laughs> like it was like a like so, a music video, like in the smoke. <laughs> like okay, so thing. so all the listeners out there, a defogger <laughs> is well in the canyon. It was run by Ontario Hydro. It was two round circles of homes, eighty five homes, houses, a bunkhouse, a hospital, a little hospital, the recreation center, the beautiful recreation center. But because we lived in the far north, yeah. we were inundated with black flies and, and mosquitoes. mosquitoes. Yeah. So Hydro thought it would be a really great idea, and it was, I guess, <laughs> to run a defogger most nights to kill as many mosquitoes and black flies as possible. But we don't know what was in it. It, it was we like Agent know. Orange or something. Oh, like it for was. sure. It was something that's, that yeah. cannot be manufactured anymore. Probably not. No. Probably no. illegal in it's, Canada. Yeah. It's not. They can't make it anymore. But I mean, it definitely helped with the bugs. But we used to wear, and I, I mean, I only did it for a while because then I became a teenager and refused to do it. But we used to wear pantyhose. Remember that? Yes. On our head as a hat. It's so because the black flies are so bad. And so the little ones, the kids, like, would have their pantyhose. But then we would take ours and I would cut the legs and braid them so it looked like it would have, like, you'd have the, the so you basically put the arse end of the pantyhose on your head. And then you take the legs and you would cut them and you braid them so it looked like you had pictures. To oh. have pictures to see that. Oh I don't know if gosh. I've ever seen any pictures of that. I don't think, yeah, I don't have my parents' albums, but I... I don't know if we ever took pictures of I us in those stupid so. hats. Yeah. But, I mean, the bugs were so bad. You take off the hats and you'd have a ring of mosquito bites all around the, around the edges of it. Like, I, I remember know. my brothers, like, sticking them in the tub because they were little like Paul and um, Paul and Danny were little and I remember taking off the and going oh my god like they were completely bit in a circle around their faces oh, like it was like and I think oh it my was god. because of the earth around uh, the canyon it was muskeg or something yeah must have been but you know it didn't bother us I mean <laughs> we just went and played outside anyway we came do in you, when the lights came on the street lights well, came exactly on. and Nobody. do you remember swimming in behind our house Behind my house, there was a creek there. Oh, yeah. That's where I found swim. my best fossil. Well, you know what? That was really sewer. That was. No <laughs> yes, way. It was. I and found... they kept telling us, don't swim in there because it was that. actually waste. <gasps> it was sewer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Oh I found that a little, when I was a little bit older and I went, oh, my God, I can't believe we were swimming in that. But our parents always told us, don't go swimming in it. Oh, well, yeah. I don't. I, I know the cat waste. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, that's what's wrong with it. Don't you remember the color? It was like a, a brownie. I just thought it was a goldy color. <laughs> yeah, it was a goldy, really dark, dark, goldy color. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I remember Kathy Montgomery and I would go back there and we'd be like trying to make forts. And yeah, we thought, oh, yeah, we know, had forts we were, and everything yeah, back there. And then I was always into fossils because my dad always liked fossils. <laughs> and I found this great fossil and Mr. Irwin asked to keep it. And so he still has it. But anyway, so. <laughs> Or whatever, but anyway, we found the best fossils back yeah. there. But I thought you were going to talk about us swimming in the Abitibi River. Oh, in the river, but we didn't know like Kodiak a, Island. At Kodiak Island, but not as much. I found it so cold. I didn't it swim as much cold. as you guys did. Yeah, I went in the creek like an idiot, but which <laughs> wasn't a creek. <laughs> but yeah, we had Kodiak Island. We had the beach there, and we would swim yeah. there. And then sometimes we'd go down. We weren't swimming, but we would go down when the dam was was dry. At the bottom of the dam, there was. Um, um, like we would go down to the rock pit and stuff, and the teenagers would go down there. And that was dangerous too. It was very it, dangerous. If they opened up the, the flows, the flows, the, we yeah. would have been, we would have felt yeah. it. Oh, yeah. One of the things I remember as a teenager, we went up on Blueberry Hill, and we yes. would go. There would be a group, every night after school, we would all go up there and do what teenagers do. And like you said, they were probably smoking or 
kissing, kissing. or whatever. Yeah. And we would go up on the hill, and there was a monument up there for a, a guy who had passed away building the dam. I remember oh, that yeah, up, the, yeah, up on the there, hill. I think there were four t- uh, crosses up there. Yeah, there was cr- crosses. Yes, that was yeah. it. That was it. Yeah, up in Blueberry Hill. Were there actually blueberries? I don't remember. We were never looking for them, so I don't, <laughs> never put blueberry picking up there. there. Don't know where the name came but from. We but had the best teen parties. Yeah, in Abitibi Canyon. Yeah. It was a great place to grow up. Like I said, it was really if you look at it if somebody was to make a film about it it's it was a utopia it was it yeah. was you know a company town yeah built by a company company store yes and i'm sure our for our parents there were some pitfalls there that we may never know about but as kids it was a utopia to grow up in yeah. you, your parent you went out the door in the morning and they never saw you again at night and no. you had nowhere to go you were in the canyon yeah um you were in the you know, in the air and the development kind of thing. We drove our bikes. We, you know, yeah. like we drove skidoos. It was yeah. a great place to grow up. And speaking of skidoos, I remember I told this story on CBC radio. Uh, one time around four, I decided to take a, a ride out on my skidoo. Well, it was my dad's skidoo, I think. And it was actually called a skidoo. A skidoo. The they key. were skidoos. They, they weren't. Were. Yeah, there was no other make. I don't no. think. I think they were all skidoos. Yellow ones. They were all skidoos. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I decided just to go for a spin before supper. Yeah. And uh, I got stuck under the power lines behind my parents' house. This We lived in the second colony. Yeah. You were kind of in the... We were, we were in the, the beginning. Second. We were at the, I mean, we were all originally in the first colony and then we got moved down to a bulk a bungalow yeah. at the beginning of the second colony yeah. we were right at the join of the figure eight basically yeah. and we never moved from there so we were always there yeah and uh someone the neighbor next door uh came and, and got you out got me out yeah so it was uh but i remember feeling afraid because i i could hear the wolves in the background oh, yeah? so coming. speaking of living in the far north the one thing we were afraid of is sometimes the wild animals yeah and bears one summer and... yeah one summer all the men decided there was too many bears coming into yeah. the canyon because of you know there's people and there's food and and I remember seeing the silhouette of my dad with his pipe yeah. and his hat and with his gun, his rifle on the around the hill, around the canyon. And they were all for about a week or so calling bears. Do you remember going camping? Just the girls? Oh, Pickle Lake, at yes. Pickle, the, we went oh, and we, yes, we, we thought was... a bear was trying to come into the cabin. And remember we that? Were... We stayed up oh. all night. Oh, no, <laughs> I know. And it was just... Um, the most amazing <laughs> yeah. overnight camping trip we did I, is you and I. And, and there was somebody else. Who else came with us? Oh, Terry Campbell. Terry Laurie Jenkins, Poisson, maybe? Laurie Poisson. There was a few of us that oh, went. yeah. And then we went, like I said, I remember we, there was a crack in the wall in the corner. And we swore there was a bear standing oh, there. We were banging pots. I, we were banging pots, anything to keep them away. And that was the longest night of my life. I still it remember so it. It was so scary. Yeah. But, you know, there probably like we were was in the a, middle. It was we, probably a raccoon or a chipmunk. I'm sure it wasn't a bear, but it was still, it was pretty. But the best thing about that was just being with all of you guys, all my girlfriends. Yeah. But was swimming in Pickle Lake. We went that morning to swim. And yeah. did we see a moose or did I dream that? I you might have, but I, I thought re- we saw I remember we went swimming in the morning in the yeah. water. Yeah. And I thought we saw a moose there. Like we went like early. It was like six o'clock in the you morning prob- or something. You probably did. It was freezing cold. Yeah. And we went swimming. I remember I remember that. It's weird. I don't like I said, I don't remember certain things. I remember that night. It gets strange the things you remember yeah. that your mind remembers. But swimming in that lake, it was made obviously from glacier and it was yeah. just at the 
at least eight feet deep, but you could cle- see, see clear it. to yeah. the bottom. It was that clear. There wasn't any fish in that lake. Yeah. And it was just so beautiful. And you speak about utopia. To me, yeah. that was like... Yeah, I remember that. If this was heaven, like I'm swimming in this beautiful lake, I can see the 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 bottom of the lake, and it's clear as anything. Yeah, and I'm with my friends, and it was just such a beautiful moment. Yeah, no, I remember that. It's funny. That's why I said, "Do you remember the night?" And you went, "Oh yes, I know exactly what night you're talking about." And it's true. It was a. It was quite the night. Yeah, no, it was a special place to grow up. I mean, trying to explain. I brought my husband. So my parents stayed. No, so two years after we had moved, my parents went back for a party at the canyon. And so Perry and I were married. I think we were either married or we were going out. I think we were going out. Yes, we had only been, we were engaged. It was like four months into our engagement. I only knew my husband. I knew my husband for two weeks before we got engaged. No. Yeah, and we were married before we knew each other for six six months. We 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 were waiting for a hall. We would have got married earlier, but the first hall that was open was like in in August. And I had met, yeah. So anyways, he came to the canyon for a dance in the spring. Oh, he swore he'd never go again. He had a brand new car, brand new Monte Carlo. I still remember Rust Monte Carlo. His first car, he was so proud. And we bring him on this dirt road to the canyon. It's 45 miles dirt road. On the dirt road. He was so pissed. He still, he said, I'll never go back again. We never really had an opportunity. He would have gone back, but yeah. he still, it was his, you know, this car, this first new car he was so proud of. And he would go in the frigging bush into the canyon. And, and he was like, I don't know what the hell, like, what the hell am I doing Oh, here? my God, that's go, so And funny. then we go back. And then, and again, it was kind of a weird thing because I think I had just turned 18. So I was able to drink, but it was a party for the adults. So I'm at 18. So I'm going to a party with my boyfriend for a party for the adults. And like, you guys are all gone. Yeah, kind of, it we was a weird, weird kind of night. Like it was a weird night when I look back. I went, what the hell? Why did I go back? I think I just wanted to go see the canyon and it yeah. was an opportunity. Um, but yeah, it was a weird night. I don't remember much about it, but it was just a, like a didn't quite fit in because it was an adult party, you yeah, know. So yeah, yeah it we was left unusual. in nineteen seventy three, and and one of, and then we moved to Hanmer, which is near Sudbury. One of the other memories I I remember, well, besides going to your place, you you had the coolest place. My mom was amazing. Eh? She she, she really loved to deck. She really she she loved to decorate. So I always think. Like she, she, you know, she's stuck in this place with five kids and, you know, she, she's got this, she would have been an artist and like, she loved it. She, mm-hmm. at the end of her life, she was, she made collages and she did all kinds of things. But I mean, up there, you didn't have the supplies. It was the sixties and you know, the seven, yeah. yeah. So anyway, she, she worked at the staff house and used to get the eggs, the apples and the oranges in these big green crates, like egg crates, but they were for oranges. So they were big. And she stapled them to the ceiling in the basement. <laughs> the crates? The crates. Okay. They were like cardboard, like an egg crate, right? Okay. So she stapled them to the ceiling because she hated the exposed ceiling. Yeah. And so she sp- she put them up there and then she felt they looked too boring. So she sprayed them. And in those days, the only color spray paint was black and fluorescent orange. <laughs> and we worked for hydro. So there was lots of fluorescent orange. <laughs> so she sprayed like a design on our rec room ceiling and we were the only ones with a finished rec room in Timon in in the canyon because oh goodness, nobody else finished their rec rooms 
Like, no. I mean, it was a company house. You're not going to spend yeah. the money. And she put these egg cartons on it. Looking back, they were probably flammable. We probably shouldn't. She probably shouldn't have done it, but she did. It was a cool house. It was. It was pretty cool. Like she. She did things differently. Like she really was. She would have been a an amazing. She had a. I wish she would have gotten more into art because I think she had an eye for certain things and an eye for design. And like I said, that was probably the best way I could explain some of the things that she did. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, she had five kids. Like, I mean, both our moms, I don't know how the hell they did it being up there. And like, I mean, we had the best Christmases and the best birthdays. There was no stores there. This no. was no no Amazon, no nothing. No, just they one general store. One general store and, and the Sears catalog. Oh, and the Sears catalog. And the yeah. Eaton's catalog. And the Eaton's. Sears yes. and Eaton's. And they got, and they, they organized it where they would sometimes go to Cochrane or they would, you know, wherever they would go, campus casing, do some shopping there, order it through the catalog. They were organized. Like yeah. they, they had to be because if you had a birthday, like there's nowhere to buy anything. There was yeah. just a grocery or store. if you ran out of milk and the store was closed, you, you know, that's you it. You're screwed. Yeah. You're but right, they, but you could phone the, 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 the you could phone Mr. Fournier and say, hey, can you open it up and give me some milk? Like <laughs> yeah. that was the one good thing. It was a little different. But there was no <laughs> gift store. There was no you know, pharmacy or anything, even buy a birthday card. That's so right. she started a business. She had her armoire. And my mom was always, do you remember this? She had a I huge armoire and she had Avon. She had cards she bought um, from Regal. And she did there and people would come to buy gifts. Oh, so my, the, the my mother probably was one of her customers. Yeah, so they'd I'm knock sure. on the door and they say, you know, I got to buy my wife a birthday gift or something. And she would go, well, I'll bring you down to the store. And the store was this big armoire that my dad found at... Um, a uh, little long. When they closed oh, little long, okay. you know how they, they had, I remember, still remember that too. It was strange. I still remember going there for a baseball game one weekend and the following weekend we went and everybody was gone. Oh. And they were gone. Like the colony was gone. They had trailers and stuff. Anyway, somebody had left this massive armoire. I don't know how my dad got it to the canyon, yeah. but my mom had that armoire and she would, that was her store. And she would, you know, close it. And then when somebody would come in, she'd open it up. <laughs> And it would have cards and gifts and perfume and oh everything goodness. in there. Gifts for kids. Yeah. So she had this little business on the side of the store. Oh, yeah. I, I you don't remember that, eh? No, I don't remember that. Yeah. She was She was pretty, she, like I said, she, she. I wish, I think in a different world or a different time, she would have, she was very artsy and very creative, definitely an entrepreneur. Like, I mean, her yeah. mom was an entrepreneur and I got that from my, my grandmother, but my mom, I think given the opportunity would have been also. Yeah. Yeah. She was all, but she did in the Canyon. She worked at the, she worked at the, um, at the, in the kitchen at the bunkhouse, at the staff yeah. house. She worked there with the Mr. and Mrs. Oldham. And like I said, so she would find these crates and she would, <laughs> and then she worked in the house. Like she had the store in the house and she made a little bit of money there and oh yeah, and goodness. decorated the house as best she could. And yeah, but she definitely had an imagine, like she would paint stuff that I remember her painting our basement floor. Nobody painted their basement floors no, in those days. No, my mom did. Wasn't my mom, mom did. did. <laughs> like my mom did. That's what I mean. Like she was finishing off that rec room and then she built me a bedroom downstairs. Do you remember well, that? That's the picture I have. Yeah. Of being in your bedroom. And it was you and I and I think Terry Campbell. Yeah, it was a great and, bedroom. Oh my goodness, we had fun. Bright orange. Played a lot of music. Oh yeah. Bright it was painted bright. I think <laughs> it was orange because that was the color for hydros. My dad was probably yeah. able to steal paint from them. It was bright orange with this orange 60s wallpaper I still see see that pattern sometimes here and there and it brings me right back to that bedroom so um, they built me this room because we were five kids in a three-bedroom house so they built yeah. this room in the basement and they 
put me in the basement, which I was very happy. It had an oh, orange yeah. bookcase. I had this massive yes, bookcase. That's right. And it was bright Lots orange. Of again. things. And I think you would bring home stuff from your aunt, uh, Claudette, Claudette, my Claudette from Montreal. Yeah. And you'd have all these different kinds of things. And yeah. Just and I had were books like, and I, I could so read books. Lucky. Of, yeah, I'd read books in the middle of the night by myself in the basement, for God's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> Yeah, oh I have to goodness. tell you a story about my mom. Because so, do you remember what your washing machine? Did you have the ringer washer until you got the real, like an automatic washing machine? I don't remember what my mother. I remember had. the washing machine because I remember the ringer, the ringer washer. Yeah, my grandmother had a ringer. Yeah, my mom had one too when we first came to remember. Canyon, and we had one in that house for a while. Okay, and at one, like she always had three kids in diapers. Where there's only seven years difference between myself and my younger brother Paul. Oh my! Goodness. So she basically had a baby every year. Okay. Really, when you look at it. So she always had diapers, and then my dad would put um, clothesline through the whole basement so she could hang all the diapers on, and they'd be dripping. And I still remember they'd be dripping wet in the floor, or else she'd, you know, she'd put them outside, and they'd be frozen stiff, and she'd bring them in and put them downstairs and hang them. So one time, oh so this goodness. is the story. God bless her, Mom. She's gonna, I'm going to tell the story because she told it, so I don't feel that bad. So one time... She, you know, you do your, you're, you're doing your, you know, your house cleaning and stuff and you go to the washing machine. She says, oh, she says, I'm going to throw my clothes in there. Like, you know, so she had just her underpants and her bra and she threw her top and her pants in the washing machine because she's going to do the last load and it's going. And then, but the floor is, but the, and she's got all the diapers hanging and they're le- like they're dripping on the floor. Yeah. So she takes a towel and she's cleaning it up and it was dripping on her head. So she put my dad's hockey helmet on. So she's in her underpants and her bra with the hockey helmet and she's wiping the floor down because it's wet. And now, if you remember, we used to have mail, uh, a milkman and they would, nobody locked their doors. Everybody nobody just walked in. Beer, Mr. Mr. Fedick would bring the beer. He'd just bring it in the yeah, house. He'd yeah. bring your milk. They'd bring it in the house. And he came down. He said, Simone, I don't know what team you're playing for, but I'll join it. <laughs> Always remember that story. Oh she tells that story. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, your but mom our, must have been embarrassed, but she must have had a she, good Oh, no, she laughed about <laughs> she it. She laughed. But when you look at pictures of what our parents did, the parties they had, and how much fun they had they as had young so parents, many, really, yeah, eh? They were all young parents in their 20s, 30s, and... That's when when my parents left the canyon and they moved to Hanmer. I remember my mom was at the kitchen sink and she was crying. crying. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I'm just so lonely. Yeah, it was so different there. And your mom was so quiet. Yet when I look at pictures, she was there. She was a party animal. She was a party animal. (laughs) When I look at those pictures, like, I mean, I don't remember your mom being like that. I remember her being quiet. Your mom and dad being very quiet. She probably had a sip or two of, (laughs) of some wine and that started the giggling and then she got silly yeah and then i see these pictures of our parents going those aren't my parents like are they like i mean as a kid you don't know what your parents were like when you were young but when you look at those pictures you go jesus they must have had so much fun and i mean you know my mom learned my mom could never drive a bike she never drove a car she she learned to drive a a bike in the canyon mrs barnett said you need to at least learn how to drive a bike so my mom would (laughs) my mom would be they would go to a party till two three in the morning and she'd come home on her bike and she i don't know how many times (laughs) she'd fall and scrape herself up because she she could never drive a bike like she was a terrible bike driver oh my god but she would take her bike and then she'd have to drive it home because she you know she'd been drinking or whatever and some of those parties and they had the best halloween party do you remember that i was just 
just going to bring that up. Our parents had the best Halloween oh, parties, and they did all dress up, and they they're and it, just so close. Yeah, close they were, friends, and just the, like the teenage as teenagers. And again, you're in a place where you can't go buy anything. They definitely weren't buying like pre-made costumes. No, they they would get dressed up. I don't know where that stuff came from. There was nowhere to go buy it. Like you you had to make do. So you borrowed from neighbors, like you said, or you yeah. figured it out, or you got yeah. yourself organized yeah. to figure out what you were going to wear. Even us kids, it's Halloween costumes. Yeah. They figured out what we were going to wear. And yeah. even Halloween. Yeah. They had to buy Halloween cost a candy probably a month or so behind ahead. Because nobody sold the store might have sold some, but I don't remember them selling it too I much. I think a lot of parents back then just made popcorn. I think so. In, yeah. Or or apples. But um You know, yeah, it was such a different place. Yeah, and different my mother time. sold a lot. So yeah. she sold a lot of our costumes. Our costumes. Yeah. Yeah. But I she still, you know, I remember she, my mother uh, doesn't remember a lot of these things yeah. anymore, unfortunately. But uh, the best thing for her was the close friendships and the parties and the community that we had in yeah. Tippy Canyon. And uh, I remember crying when we were leaving. Of course, oh, yeah. I was leaving my boyfriend <laughs> and crying all the way home, all the way to our new place. And uh, that was that was sad. But we had some great parties at the Barnett's house. Yeah, too. we did. Yeah, well, the Barnett's definitely. Like I said, I remember even my mom and the adults having some. But we all did. We yeah. all had great parties everywhere. Yeah. And it was just it was just a different world, a different time. I mean. It could never exist again, and and yet it it was just we were very very lucky that we had to do that. And like I said, and I think for our parents too, it was a great place for them as young as young parents young to grow parents, up. Yeah. You know, it was very different. Ha- there's a great uh, Facebook page called Abitibi Canyon. I think Friends yes. of Abitibi or something. Or yeah, yeah. Abitibi Canyon or Friends of Abitibi Canyon, and then there's a reunion. We've, reunion Abitibi Canyon. Yeah, yeah I'm on all of them. Two. I went. I went to one. Yeah. But you know, since '73, I have not been back to the canyon. To the canyon, I haven't been back either. My brothers, uh, my late brother Peter and Danny, I think had gone back. My brother Paul has gone back. They've gone back once or twice, but I've never, I've never gone back. I don't know if yeah. I want to. Yeah, I'd like to, but then I, me, it's sad for, not to see. Where at least if the roads were still there, but they're not. It's bush. Yeah, it's bush. And what happened uh, to our listeners out there is uh, eventually they closed Abitibi Canyon down, which is about three miles from the Fraserdale train station, and they pulled out all the homes. And so now there's uh, the Hydro Ontario Hydro or Power Dam is still there. But a lot of, uh, all the homes are gone. I think there's one bunkhouse left, and, and that's about and it. And that's it. Well, they built um, Some a hospital, guys. bunkhouse, and they built one other building. And But the thing was, not even that they took all the houses, they had to return it to the natural state. That's because it's crown land. Oh. So they had to make sure the trees grew on the road and everything else. And Yeah, so yeah, we so can't, I wrote a story called I Have No Hometown. Yeah. And, and I talked about the canyon is gone. And my parents before that, we, we lived in Hunta and then we lived in Matabichuan, which is near Haleberry. And that's all gone. The bunkhouses, uh, row houses that my parents lived in is, is gone. So I wrote a story which was published in High Grader magazine, originating from Timmins. And I wrote about I have no hometown. Yeah, that's weird, eh? That, that's it's, true. It's These so three, weird. Three hometowns and they're all gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So something happens to Sudbury, <laughs> we're all in trouble. <laughs> we're in trouble for sure. And you're from Timmins now. So yeah. What do you do now, Noel? I I kind I know what you do, but you, you were a counselor for a long, long time. Yeah. Maybe so you can talk about that. Well, you know what we. Um, do you want me to hold it for a while? Okay. okay. There we go. Um, yeah. So when I moved. 
my move to Timmins, and like Timmins was our always our hometown because my grandparents were there. So even though we lived in the canyon, I always say Timmins was my hometown because even though I didn't move back till I was fifteen, my grandparents were there. I spent summers there, so I still feel like Timmins was my hometown. Mm-hmm. So I always felt at home. And I got married young. I mean, I met my husband. We were engaged within two weeks. Uh, we got married. I said, so I was. I was 17 technically and I turned 18 the night I turned 18. So my birthday's on Christmas day. Mm-hmm. So my, 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 my mom always had, I always had a different birthday cake cause my birthday was on Christmas day. So that year, my mom, I wish I would have been a fly in the wall when she ordered my cake. Cause my cake <laughs> said, happy birthday, happy engagement, Merry Christmas all in one day. <laughs> Congratulations on your engagement. Happy 18th birthday and Merry Christmas on the cake. Yeah. So, and so I was young when I got married and my husband was 20. He turned 21 right after we got married. So we were young and, but we waited three years to have our kids. And, um, so I have John who's now going to be 43, which I cannot believe. And Hillary who just turned 40. So we have two children and it was, uh, again, we had a wonderful, as young parents, we had a great life. We were, it was wonderful. And we, um, my husband was a beer rep. And I went to school. I, I, oh no! And then to top it off, I get married on August twenty first, uh, August twenty seventh. I get married on September fifteenth. I go off to Montreal to go to school for an esthetician. Oh, you went to Montreal. To be I went to Montreal to be an esthetician. My grandmother was my grandmother was an esthetician. She had a beauty parlor and she was an esthetician. She was one of the first estheticians in Northern Ontario. Oh my goodness. So she sent me to her teacher. Now I didn't speak French. I used to only speak French, but when we moved to the canyon, I lost all my French. So I she didn't know you, you were Yeah, really we were my 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 grandparents only spoke French for the longest time. On, yeah, on my mom's side, on my mom's side. The other side was Italian. Italian. Yeah, so why are you speaking? Italian. Yeah, French and Italian. <laughs> so I went to Montreal. Here's my poor husband, and I always tell the story. So Perry, so my, you know, in those days you got your wedding pictures. They came in like two months after your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in school in Montreal, and he's coming to see me for the weekend on a, an Air Canada flight, which when you think of it was pretty exotic in those days. Mm-hmm. That he's coming to see me on the plane, but he's bringing the pictures from the photographer because I haven't seen them yet, right? So he's bringing the album from the photographer. So he's sitting on the plane, and he's talking to some guy, and the guy says, uh, so where are you off to? He says, well, my wife and I are, you know, my wife is going to school in Montreal, so I'm going to see her. And he says, you know, we're newlyweds. And, oh, that's wonderful. Do you have any pictures? Yeah. And he pulls out. That guy will never ask that picture again. So he pulls out all the photographer's proofs, like about bags of freaking pictures that he's bringing me to see so we can pick out our photographer's album, our wedding album. So I said, oh, I said, that poor guy, he must have regretted asking that question. So, yeah, (laughs) see some pictures. I sure do. I got pictures. I got a backpack going for three days. I got a backpack with some underwear and a back a, a bag full of picture albums. Jeez, oh yeah. So I came back from. Uh, I I stayed there till I think after so Christmas. So you newly married, but then you then I leave right away. Cheaper. How many wives do that? So I leave right away to go to go to school. I do. I do. And they're still married. <laughs> We're still married. It's been forty-seven years, man. So I come back You're and. Very Perry was, but Perry was so supportive and, and, you know, we wanted, so the idea was eventually I would take over my grandmother's business. So my, but 
I wasn't sure what how I was going to do it. So I worked with my grandmother for uh, for quite a while, and then after she sold went after a hydrate. Yeah, I worked with her, and then she sold the shop, and she moved. She kept her esthetician. She sold the beauty parlor, which was a huge beauty parlor in the mall, yeah. and she moved her shop into her home. So I went into her home, and I worked with her there. And what did you do as an esthetician? Oh, everything like facials, electrolysis. Oh, uh, wow. oh yeah, every like everything. Wow. I was an esthetician, so yeah. I did it all. And it's, then it's so weird because at sixteen I wanted to go to my really yeah, yeah my grandfather Conrad Baudry lived there he worked for at a bar, and uh, my my dad said no you're not going you're not going at sixteen <laughs> years old to Montreal to stay with your grandfather who lives in a boarding room house. oh jeez <laughs> and so I never did get to become an esthetician but you did I did I did and you were and, probably amazing uh, well I liked it I liked doing it so then yeah. we we um, we. We bought our first house, then we moved to our second house. And Perry at that time got so a job. So you bought a house? You were in your 20s. Yeah, I was a tw- we were 20 when we bought our first house. Good savings. Yeah, and then my grandmother decided to retire, so we put the esthetician shop in the basement at our house, which worked out perfect because when I got pregnant for Jonathan, at yeah. 21, I was able to still work. I, had the, I put my appointments around Jonathan, and it worked out perfect. And right. then we bought a bigger house, and I had Hillary, and Perry was working at the time for Coca-Cola. Oh. And oh no, for a brewery. Sorry, he was oh. working for a brewery, and then he went to Coca Cola. And in those days, men wore either suits or jeans. There was yeah. no casual wear. Yeah. But this was the time of Miami Vice, and those movies were starting. Oh, yeah. And you were starting Don Johnson, <laughs> and you're starting to see things like suit jackets and colors, and you know, and just dress pants. Like there was nothing like that casual wear. And Perry was working, as I said, as, as a beer rep, and then he switched to Coca Cola. He was the the manager for the Coca Cola plant. And he said, I don't, I, I don't want to wear a suit, but I can't wear jeans. Like, there's nothing in between. And he says, I can't find anything. Surely there's got to be something for people to wear if they're not going to a wedding and they're not wearing their jeans. Like, what do you wear in between? Yeah. So we started looking into it, and we realized there was a market there that people needed, men needed clothes, and there was nothing. So we went, our best friend, who actually was our best man when we got married, they were going to be partners. We were going to be partners, and we decided we'd sell our house, and we'd pull our money out of our house, and we were going to open a clothing store. Oh, my But God. they pulled out at the last minute. So then it was just Perry and I. We said, you know what? Let's still do it. We still decided to do it. We sold our house. Oh, my God. We moved in with my sister for six months. We built a smaller house. We had a nice, beautiful house. But we sold it, and we built a nice little simple bungalow. But it wasn't ready because it was being built at that time in an area that was that we were the first ones to build there. So we went and lived with my sister. Then we went and lived with my mom for, it was about, I would say, about a year transition. And in that year, we opened up our first store. And, and what it, was the name of the store? Zanoni's, which is my husband's middle name and the town that we're both our families are from. My, my dad's mom and his dad, they're all from San Zanon. We're from the same town. Our parents, so I'm... They, yeah, in Italy. So and our I've parents. Been to your stores. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty neat. And yeah, so we started it. out with only menswear. Then we expanded into men's and women's wear. Then we moved to a really big location. The eighties, the recession hit, and the first thing that's going to go is men's clothing. They're not going to buy anything when the recession hit. Yeah. So we switched to women, but we also went to a smaller store. Oh. And we switch to women because women will always buy. It doesn't yeah. matter if they're hell or high water. If there's a recession, yeah. they're still buying. If there's a depression, women will still buy still a buy. tube of lipstick. Exactly. They still will. Yeah. yeah. So we opened up the little store and uh, then we moved to two bigger stores and kind of make a long story. We had a store in North Bay and a store in Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah. 
And I've been to the one in North Bay and the one yeah. in Timmins, but I didn't go to the one in Sault Ste. Marie. But I loved your decor for your store. You used to have these uh, wicker suitcases opened up with beautiful sweaters. And it just, it's so classic, so beautiful. I loved doing my windows. That was kind of my passion. I, I think if I was to do it again, I'd be a set decorator because that's what yeah. I loved doing. I, I never looked at anything as what it was, I looked at what kind of feeling is it going to invoke. Your I always looked at it. I took off to my mom. Yeah, your mother's creativity yeah, came Yeah, through and that's that's where it came through. And I never really knew that till we had the stores. So yeah. we did the stores. And then we sold the stores. And now I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. But our daughter was getting married in September. And I said, well, I'm going to take a couple of months. And I'll decide what I'm going to do. And the mayor of the town was uh, was outside and was talking to him. And he says, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I'm going to take a couple of months off. And he went... Well, the BIA. Working for the city then. Well, then, well, he says the BIA is looking for a director for about a year. Like they just want somebody for about a year because somebody is the director was ill. But so he said, you a counselor. Yeah. For the city of well, Simmons? I said, yeah. I saw you on the news all the time. I'd say, oh, there's Noella. <laughs> you're on the local news. <laughs> I have to tell you about Sudbury. What's happened here in the last two days? Okay. So I, I, um, how I, many years were you a counselor? I was t- three terms. So I was twelve years. I left in the middle of my third term. Wow. Yeah. So and I you- went to the BIA as a director yeah. and it was supposed to be a one year contract. But I said to them, I'm just letting you know, I'm thinking I'm going to run for council. So I said, I'm go- I'll go after my daughter's wedding. Hillary's wedding was the long weekend in September. And I started right after and I put my papers, registered my papers. The election was in November. And they said, yeah, no, that we're fine with that, which... It was a loophole for me to be able to work for a BIA, which is kind of connected to the city, but it's not. Yeah. Um, but so it was good. It worked out well. And that so one BIA year p- means- is the business improvement area. Okay. So I ran the downtown. Right. So um, she ran the downtown. downtown. Folks. I ran the downtown. City of Timmins. So that one year contract became twelve. Well, twelve years till I left, and I was a counselor. I ran three terms and was a counselor for the city. And worked my day job. And I loved both of them. I loved being a counselor and I loved working my job at the BIA. I wasn't looking for anything new. I was happy where I was. Did you still have the store then? No, we had gotten rid of the stores. That's why I was going to, I thought I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. Okay. So yeah. And then, (laughs) and and then one day I was looking at the paper and I mean, I I knew the CAO of the, of the TDC, but they never really said anything. Um, I had gone to Bolivia with the CAO and with the person that ran the economic, the community development. We had gone to Bolivia to do, um, um, how would you put that? Like a, basically an economic project for women and for kids. So what yeah. happened was you know, they had asked for the mayor to go and the mayor said, I think this is up your alley. I mean, you had retail, you, they wanted to start like stores, you work with women, your yeah. economic, he says, you should be going to this instead, which was great. So I got to yeah. know Christy, the CAO and, and, and Maggie, and I came back and this job position came up because Maggie was leaving and she had never, she hadn't said anything when we were in Bolivia. And she was moving, and the job, when I looked at the job description, I went, Jesus, this is me. Like, I was not thinking of moving. I was not thinking of doing it. But I had to think about it because I had to give up my position as a counselor because it was a job for the city. It was directly involving the city. So it was a big decision. I was midway through my term, but it was COVID. Mm -hmm. And so I had to make that decision. Um, You know, and, and at my age, at that point, I was... 61 mm-hmm. do I want to start this whole new career and it was a completely so I'm the director for community economic development so, so I work job a, is director for community 
economic development, development for the city of for the city of Timmins. And what does that mean? So um, we have our CAO, and then there's the director for for business development and retention, and the director for community development. So I'm going to use the mine just as an example. So if you have a mine coming in, say I want to open a mine, and they, you know, I'm going to have uh, I'm going to hire 400 people. That's fine, but then they also need the other side. They need to have a place to live. They need to have a quality okay. of life. You need everything that has to do with the community. Right. So it's that other side of of the of a of a livable community like you know it's one thing you can have the houses but you got to be sure you've got things happening activities you have workforce development and things like that so you you try to help you you work on both sides of it when somebody's coming in into a business and they're looking at it so a lot of the work I had already been doing I we have an immigration project which I was chair of at the time Mm -hmm. Um, I sat on their committee and I was a chair of it which is now one of my portfolios and I sat on another committee which was workforce development and that's now again one of my portfolios (laughs) which is you know making sure we you know coming with those statistics of what we're going to need and how many people we're going to need to work in 10 years and you know trying to train employers to the you know it's a different world you need employees and we're you're short on them the immigration project kind of goes on that and when I was with the BIA um, I got involved in agriculture because I decided to run a farmer's market down there and it just grew and I became a member of the farmer's market Ontario board oh yeah yeah it was a great great thing it was a great project and and I was able to meet people with the I sat on the Ontario farmer's market board and so I came with a bit of an agriculture, and this has um, one of my portfolios, which is unusual. Normally, is on the business side. I work with the agricultural side, yeah. but I work with it on a regional basis. Yeah. And but because I have a relationship with the farmers, I work also with the team. So because farming is a business, so mm-hmm. we all meet together because a lot of initiatives for agriculture have to be done regionally. Risk distribution, and you know, it needs to be done on a bigger scale. So yeah. those things I deal with, but then I also just because of my position, because of my background, I'll deal with the farmers on a one-to-one to help them with funding and things like that. Yeah. So I have uh, that. I have not-for-profits, which is my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, especially in Timmins, a lot of our not-for-profits own our infrastructure. They own the ski, our ski hills are, oh. are all not-for-profits. We have a golf course that's a not-for-profit. Um, and so we have all our not-for-profits and I wanted, they hadn't been getting some love, so I wanted to give them, I wanted to be sure our not-for-profits were strong, and especially after COVID, mm-hmm. they're what makes your, that's what gives your community a heartbeat, is your not-for-profits. Yes. So we want, we support them, we look for funding for them, we help them with governance, we help guide our not-for-profits. I started a Facebook page for not-for-profits, trying to get them to network with each other, because I came in in the middle of COVID, and when COVID ended, People were more secluded. They they're they're looking for volunteers. Their volunteer base had disintegrated during COVID, and so we work with not for profits to get them up and going. Yeah. And then I have the mat tax, which was kind of here's something brand new. Can you take it over? Which is our municipal accommodation tax, okay. which all municipalities have. Okay. That's the tax you pay when you're in a hotel room. When you look at your bill, it always has like four dollars on the bottom. Yes. It's legislated to become for tour. It's to be used for tourism, and so we have a committee which I chair, 
And I, I go through the funding process with them. It's become a big part of my job, actually. I go through the funding process with them. We bring it to the committee. They vote on, you know, they're asking for money to run events for, fest, you know, for festivals or for whatever. Decide what we're going to give them. But then I have to do the legal part of it. And then I have to do the due diligence, make sure that they did it. So we gave out 600000 in the first year. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's a lot of money. And, wow. and, and such a... Um, godsend to municipalities to be able to have that to help run festivals Especially and different in things. Oh well, this is it. This is how you run your festivals and how you do everything, yeah. right? So you guys have a great festival. Uh, the one uh, we had Rock on the River for Rock a couple in the river for yeah. a couple. Now we have we had we, we, we had Stars had, and Thunder, and then now we have and we have Rock on the River. Stars and Thunder. You had Keith Keith Urban, Urban and then we had and Brian Adams and, and Brian, Brian Adams. Adams. Oh yeah, we had big names. It was stars. hard to. It was hard to be hard to find. We had so many people there in that one week, and we did it two years in a row. Yeah. Oh my God, we had so many. You it was were a great festival in, in helping that festival become well, a reality. Well, you know what? I was on council then. Also, I was still on council then, so I wasn't with the economic development then. But I am with Rock of the River. Like I'm, a, I'm on the mat tax, and I give them money. So, well, the the thing gives them money. So I have that. But the one that the reason I'm here with you today yeah. is film. So that was a portfolio again. Do you think you can take film on? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> film is just so much fun. Folks. So I came from you know no information at all about. Film. It's been quite the learning process in the last two years. And you've um, done very well. We meet once a year. <laughs> We've got last year and this year during the Cinefest. The Cinefest and Sion, yeah. which is uh, to help build Cultural, up culture. Yeah, Cultural Industries Ontario North is Sion. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. This is it. And it's, 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 they've been a godsend for me. Be- yeah. Them and the Film Commission for Ontario, which was is is just been, um, you know, I've been able to learn so much. We meet... Um, Jesus, Ontario Creates, which is the Film Commission for Ontario, we have a meeting every Friday um, going through the scouting and what's happening. And then Scion, we meet at least once a month. And then we have a special things like TIFF or a Cinefest and stuff where we meet one-on-one. So what, with the film development in Timmins, yeah. it's a mining town based yep. pretty well in forestry. Uh, what else would you say for Timmins? Like, what would you say when you say the word? Well, Timmins? we are the, we are a northern hub. We are a hub for the north. So the difference okay. between Sudbury, where you kind of draw from the sides, yeah. we draw from the top comes down. Okay. So the coast comes down. So we have that regional hospital. We have that regional shopping. They come from the, the you know James Bay and from the coast and come down to Timmins. Okay. So it's different. We do, but we're. We're diversified. Like we have um, our balloon launch, which is huge with the scientists and everything that happens there. Right. Yeah, that technology NASA, side. NASA was there too, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Stardust Festival, which we, yeah. we sponsored with the map tax. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. This, your film development for the city of Timmins, why, why, what do you say to people, let's say a, a producer from Toronto, and you, and you talk to them and you say, uh, have you ever thought of filming in, in Timmins? Timmins? <laughs> and the person says, well, what? what? Where? Well, what makes it easier is North Bay and Sudbury have given us the infrastructure. So at least you were not that far enough away. So you can get things like camera. You can get things like crew. The big thing right now is crew. But that is everywhere in Canada. They need crew. The jobs that are available in film right now are huge. Yeah. I think you need 2,000 people. I think they're, I think the numbers are 2,000 people in Northern Ontario alone are going to be needed in the next five years in film. Yeah. So what happens with so that's so, actors, actors, uh, everything, catering, it's accounting. it's accounting. We get we heard yeah. that yesterday. Accounting, yeah. lawyers, um, 
you know, PAs, assistants, PA assistants, and, and everything that needs to be done. Electricians. Electricians, carpenters, yeah. uh, wardrobe, hair, makeup. And why is it that so many productions are coming north? What's the, I know for Yeah, what? well, it's NOHFC, which is the Northern Ontario Heritage Fund, which is unique to Northern Ontario. That's right. Um, it's celebrating its, I think it's its 25th year of funding for other, I mean, it's not just film, it's other projects that we use, but that's unique to the north. And yeah. it, and that is something you know the south is very jealous of our nohfc and it will never be replicated again because the government will never give out that kind of money we're kind of grandfathered in and it's such a wonderful program that really has helped the north stand on its own and and to start to diversify and get those other businesses going without a doubt the film industry, and you heard that in the last two days, yeah. would not have happened without the support of NOHFC. Right. So what happens with NOHFC is you film a, a, if you have bring a film to the north, North Bay, Sudbury, Sault Ste. Marie, Perry Sound, Timmins, and Thunder Bay, mm-hmm. um, you can get funding in, in tax credits and a significant amount. So a mo- movie up to $2 million can re- get 500000 And it goes up to, I'm trying to remember what the, the, the cutoff is. I want to say it's $3 million or $4 million, depending on how big the movie is. That's significant money for a movie production. Yeah. So that alone kind of draws them up here. Just, but just to just the idea that if your film, your project, your your film in Northern Ontario, you can receive that kind of money. That kind of money. Yep. That makes a difference. So that was the first lure. But then what's happened is we just we have the locations, we have the people. So we've been able to Sudbury North Bay have built that infrastructure and you know, they've just gone ahead and said, We can do this and as it's built and built and built, people are understanding this is the way to do it. The thing is is in Toronto, if you're going and you're filming in Toronto, you are Three, two hours in a car oh, to yeah. try to get anywhere. You need a, a camera lens. You're still going to be two hours in a car to go get it. Yeah. The traffic, you need to park your vehicles. And you, you know, I mean, you've worked with film. Yeah. The amount of vehicles that are there, one of the biggest things, I thought when I left the BIA, the biggest thing in the BIA is parking. Well, the same thing in <laughs> film is parking. It's, it's parking. the first thing they talk about. I interviewed our, my daughter, Chanel, who was in the film business for many, many years. And that's the one thing we both talked about. She doesn't parking. even own a car, but when she goes with someone, well, she does now, but when she was living in Toronto, living on Young and yep. Eglinton, um, she went with people who had a car and it was a big thing. It was a big thing was the parking. So, I mean, and when you have, you know, you you're have doing... a problem in Northern Ontario. No, no. And that's just it. I mean, you know, if you're filming a shoot and you've got like... 30 vehicles and you got to find a place nearby that you can feed a crew and that you need a place nearby that can do the hair and makeup and holding and holding yeah exactly <laughs> it's tough so i think those little things and then just the world we live in with the technology and you know you can zoom and you can talk that way you can fly you can go to porter to billy bishop and be in timmins in an hour and 15 minutes or you can go by air canada and be here in an hour and 15 minutes yeah. it's it's not the world we had before it's nothing to come up here it's probably faster to come to timmins than it is to try to go to hamilton oh, yes. from toronto like yeah. or even to get to another end of, Ham- of toronto That's so right. it, it's it as they're realizing that and they're realizing the quality of people that are here and the infrastructure what we're trying to do is get a piece of that pie. So yeah. Timmins wants to hope they say, well, come up to Timmins because, you know, 
we can ha- we can service you here. We have the locations. Yeah. So our first. What else do you have? You have the location, and you have. Uh, we're building a workforce. We we are starting to do training next month. We're going to be building a workforce to try to get them going. But one of the things we have there, and I I talk about this when we're looking at workforce development, is we have people make good money in the mines, and they retire young, and they have these skills. Mining is project management, and when you're looking at that, these are great PAs and great people. And you they have carpenters. You have electricians they may want to you know i'm not working underground anymore i'm 57 58 that's a freak that's young but where are they gonna well you know they can work in the film it's fun it's exciting and so this workforce development training we're hoping to have young people to look at the jobs that are available in film but we're also hoping the people that are retired or the people that are looking for something to do on this like this may be a job this may be somewhere you can go i remember when i was on the set of murdoch mysteries there was this lady and she was 82 yeah and i asked her how come you're still doing this and she said well it's it's a hobby it's yeah. a part-time hobby for me and she said I don't want to just die old sitting yeah. in my kitchen or living room so background acting or anything in the film business it doesn't matter how old you are no no that's it I mean if you're especially if you're acting I mean they need every age and every, every person age, yeah. and if you come with the skill as an electrician or a carpenter you know what I mean you come with those skills and project management is like that's a skill that it, you know, in mining world, that's what you do is project management. So, so it's great. Pro- so for any producers or anyone in the film business, if they want to talk to you uh, about possibly working yeah. and, and producing their film in the, in Northern Ontario, in Timmins, what would they call you, Noella? Well, they would. And then, like, I make sure that NOHFC is, if they've never filmed in the North, that they do talk to Melissa from NOHFC to kind of understand that process because that's definitely one of the draws that they want. Um, then we look at where, where we have a crew database with Scion. We have a crew database of people in the industry. We're trying to find the many people as we can in Timmins so they don't have to house them. Then you look for as many people as you can in the north so they get their tax credits. Right. So we look first for somebody from Timmins so that they're not housing them so that keeps their costs down. Yes. And so the more people I can find them from Timmins, the better it is. And then you're looking for, then you look for the rest of your crew in North Bay or Sudbury or Sault Ste. Marie, Perry Sound or Thunder Bay because you want those tax credits. The more they do in the North, the more the tax credits are. So when we were talking yesterday, they were talking about the need for accountants. If there was an accountant out there that was smart, you know, open up an accounting firm that specializes in film, you'd make a killing because (laughs) they would get tax credit for getting their tax, their accounting done by Northern Ontario accounting firm. So it make it comes, it all makes so much sense. Like it, it, those tax credits go, it's everybody. The more you hire from Northern Ontario, the better it is for your tax credit to get and that. what about yeah. for casting? Who's, who's in Timmins? Well, the, we don't have a casting agent in Timmins. We work with one that's here in Sudbury. Um, and quite honestly, we're very grassroots. It is, I have a bunch of people. Do you want to, you know, let's say to the director, we, we just, with the movie that we have premiering tonight, which is My Animal. Um, so that's called My Animal? My Animal. Can you explain a little yeah, bit? Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it, it's a quite, the, it's a genre movie. It is um, a young girl who is going through her sexuality, but who is um, a goalie. She wants to be a goalie and in hockey, in hockey but she's also a werewolf. Oh, yeah, there's everything thrown in there. But it's a great movie. It opened up at Sundance. It it was at Sundance. It's won tons of awards in different festivals. It was in Montreal at another festival and won. And it's it's going in Europe. And it's, yeah, it's got its own following. It was filmed filmed in Timmins. All in Timmins, yes. (laughs) All in Timmins. In the middle 
of the winter, predominantly night and 40 below in the middle of COVID. So I I got blessed with everything you could possibly throw at me, (laughs) but it worked out well. I was very lucky. The director was uh, is Jacqueline Castile, and she's from New York, and she was wonderful to work with. And um, Joe Bro Productions was the people who did it, so I was very blessed to deal with Andrew. um, And oh, Joe, I just lost his name for God's sakes. Oh, geez, and I will come to Brofman, Andrew Brofman. You don't, you don't want to forget the Brofman family. Um, Andrew Brofman as a, a co-producer, and a, I am somebody here from Sudbury called Jason Gillette. And Joe Bro Productions was an amazing production um, to bring to Timmins. And, the, you know, a lot of these directors coming to the North fall in love with the North and understand the need to build that workforce. But the, that workforce is everywhere. They're, they're struggling in Toronto to find people to work. And they're struggling in, for people in Alberta and Vancouver to find people to work. People need work. They need people to work across the whole industry, across the whole continent. And, you can but, find a diverse cast uh, in Timmins. In Timmins, for Ontario, sure. It's not just regular white guys. Yeah, exactly. Lives. We have a good Indigenous community. We have, we're bilingual. Um, yeah, there's quite a bit that's there. We, they, it was a great experience for us, and I think it was great for them. Um, they speak highly of it. I heard a podcast that... Uh, Jacqueline did in, um, at Sundance, and she was saying like it was just a great place to learn. You know what it is? It's a small community, right? Yeah. And you so it works out very back well. To the canyon, it's, it's a small, small community, community. and and you you work differently. You know who the people are. You know where to get stuff. So my location guy, who is you know amazing, was my previous accountant. Believe it or not, um, I knew he did photography. He took a location scouting a course with Scion, and yeah. it's just amazing in the in the work he does it's all I when I do do pitches they come back and say I have to tell you the reports from your location guys um, unbelievable and um, you know we would between the two of us when we were filming they'd say okay we're looking for um, a jukebox and we developed the Facebook page and say okay we're looking for a juice box anybody a jukebox 10 minutes we get it <laughs> honest to god the best one was a stove they needed a stove they we found them this empty house which they loved love loved and it's predominant in the movie, and it was a perfect location. It was empty, and the guy was absolutely amazing and um, that owns it. And they, they had us, but it had one of those gold stoves. Remember those gold? We had gr- there was green avocado, and there was gold. So they had a gold range top built into the island, but it oh had to be working, and it wasn't working. Oh. And they needed it working for the film, and they were trying to figure out how they can, you know, MacGyver something to make it to go. And it wasn't working. So we said, I said, well, I'll put it out on the Facebook. Has anybody got a gold range top stove, you know, gold or orange from that era, you know, for that they can, that we can buy? And they went within, I'm not kidding you. It wasn't 15 minutes. A woman sent us a picture and said, I'm renovating my kitchen as we speak. The guys are ripping it out right now. Here it is on the floor. Come and get it. You can have it for free. It was the identical Oh, stove to what was there they were able to just pop it right in it was identical i said only in a small town can you do that like <laughs> only, in a, small only town. in a small town well i tell the story i tell a story and this is and you know when you come from the city especially it takes you a while to get used to the fact that everybody knows who you are and you get you know everybody's connected and, yeah. and that's the nice thing but and if you're willing to embrace that when you come from the city it's only going to be a good experience some people are kind they don't understand it they don't trust people or but in a small town so there's a there was a 
Darlene Plowey, I'm going to say your name, Darlene. Darlene Plowey um, was the president or the chair of the Croatian Society Hall. And they have this beautiful little hall. And we were looking for a place for either for holding or for craft, for, for people to eat or either a place for... Anyway, so they had this hall and it was COVID. So I knew that they were hurting for money. They hadn't had anything in there. Usually you go there for weddings and stuff. And yeah. it's this beautiful old building like a legion kind of thing, but yeah. you know, yeah. so I phoned her and said, Hey, do you want to rent this out to these people? They're doing a studio. Yeah, sure. I think that's perfect. That's what, you know, we could use the money. That's wonderful. And she says, what else are they looking for? What are they doing? I said, well, we're looking for a rec room. Like we want a rec room with the, you know, the paneling on the wood, you know, a nice old looking rec room. She goes, well, you know, I got mom's house. Now I knew the house <laughs> and her mom had passed away and the house was empty, but she, they were going to sell it and they decided to keep it for their kids. Oh, and I'll tell you why, with their kids, who their kids are. So okay. she says, I've left it empty for the kids so that when they come home, they, they can go there because they kind of lived a little bit out of town. So instead of driving to the house, they can stay in town and stay at mom's house. Yeah. So she says, yeah, you're welcome to look at it. I said, okay. So they came up for a scout and I said to Darlene, can we go see it? She says, yeah. She says, well, come to mom's house first. Well, they came in fell in love with the rec room, but also fell in love with the upstairs because the upstairs was mint condition, just oh a beautiful goodness. little house, but the hot pink, the, not the hot pink, but the flamingo pink bathroom with oh. the black tile. It, so they ended up doing the scenes for one house upstairs and the scenes for the other house downstairs. downstairs yeah. So they did both. So they, and, 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 and uh, for the folks in our audience, when a film crew or a film production company uses your house or your barn or whatever yeah. you get paid money for oh yeah that. you do you get paid yeah so it would they came in november for the scout november yeah late november so we had snow so we're putting on our boots and and i still i still tease jacqueline because she had on a big snow goose you know a goose park i like she was coming to the it was november frig you're lucky i've got a coat on it was i know there's snow but it's not cold yet trust me yeah so anyways we're putting on our boots and everything and darlene's putting on her boots and her coats and they're kind of looking and thinking is she coming with us like where are we going i said we're going to go see the croatian hall and they're kind of looking why is darlene coming with us I said oh sorry i forgot to tell you darlene is the chairman of the croatian hall and the croatian hall was across the street from her mother's so i said she's going to let us in she you know so she comes in and she unlocks the door and she lets us in to look at it and they fall in love that we ended up putting all the props and the and the costumes in there. We used the prop, but so now we're talking, and she's saying, "You know, I gotta wonder." Jacqueline says, "We need so some things. We'll have to make a list and see if you can help us with them." And I said, "Okay, well, what are you looking for?" She says, "Well, there's a figure skater in it," and she says, "We're going to need um, somebody who makes figure skating costumes because we have to make a figure skating costume for the double. Like we need to have matching <laughs> figure skating costumes." And I kind of looked at her and I started to laugh. And I said, I'd like you to meet Darlene Plowey. She is in the ice capades. Her daughter is presently skating in the ice capades. And Darlene oh is in Northern Ontario, figure skating and skating like a hockey coat for yeah. skating. She's a coach. Oh. She was in the ice capades for 10 years. And her daughter is in the ice capades as we speak. So, so Darlene, do you know a tailor that can make figure skating outfits? I think I can give you that, she says. I think I can find you some. And and I think Jacqueline went, holy Christ, we met this woman. She's given us four, two locations, a hall and figure skating, a tailor for figure skating. So then we go, we go for lunch the next day with um, a person from this, like a, the city and a bunch of hockey teams. There's some hockey scenes in there. Yeah. So we have some people from the hockey teams and we're, we're eating lunch and we're, you know, trying to figure out what we can do because they need some, some teams that can be in the shoots and stuff. And they're going, you know, like one of the things we have to look for, and, and one of the girls, the girl from tourism in Timmins, is it was a wonderful lady, Lacey Rigg, is, came for lunch with us because she's half tour, she's tourism, but she's also a trainer on our, our rock hockey team. Oh, 
Okay. So Lacey came for lunch because we're seeing if we can get the rock hockey team. We needed a certain level of hockey, right, for a team to play in the film, which was cut, by the way. But anyway, anyways. Oh, no. <laughs> so Lacey's there. So said the play, the the person, the the actress in the movie, the lead actress is a goalie. Okay. So she says, we have to find women's goalie equipment and somebody to train her. And I went, well, I'd like you to meet Lacey Rigg. She is a woman goalie player, goal, woman goalie hockey player. And Lacey says, I got the equipment. I'll hook her up. I'll teach her. You know, and they paid her to teach her like she, she oh was. A, and, then she, and then she says, um, and we're looking for a figure skater to be the double for, we're probably going to have to bring her up from, up, from down south because she was a, this gorgeous dark-skinned girl and she says we need to have a figure skater to match her well there's isn't there a a wonderful figure skater in Kappa's casing Mm -hmm. who's uh black skin and just the same age same build as the freaking actress and they said well we know who she is she comes here to pray to figure skate to practice so they said (laughs) jesus like Jacqueline she so at that point she started to trust us like she trusted us so whatever i need somebody's going to come connected, yeah. you know, or I'm going to meet somebody, you know, a guy's going to show up with the jukebox and he's going to have something else that we're looking for. And So even in the north, I think you kind of blew them out of the water that even if we live in the north, we can still provide. We, and we can provide. You don't have to go to a prop shop and half the time people give it to you. Yeah. You want my stove? Take it. <laughs> it's going you know, Ontario mentality. Mentality. You know, we both. You don't. You don't have to go searching across the city for it. We'll just put it on Facebook, yeah. and we'll have you. Yeah. Like, like we put a call out for a yappy Chihuahua type dog. <laughs> oh my God! We must have got three hundred in less than an hour. No. Yeah, it was oh. something. I think they did an audition for the dog. I don't know how that worked out. Like, and I know the guy. Of course, I know the guy who got the dog. And his wife sits on my mat committee because she runs a hotel, and he runs the star, the rock, rock on the river thing. Only like everybody does three, four jobs. Like, <laughs> so they had the dog. He says we got the yappy dog. So yeah, so to our, he so says, your job sounds like so much fun. Well, it is, and you know, it's because you get to work with amazing people, right? You yeah. get to meet all these people, and you know, even things like my mat tax. I get to work with the not for profits that are running these event volunteer run. Yeah. You know, they're running these huge events and putting their time in and my committee is all volunteer and these are busy people that are coming to help make the decision for the money and the film is just you know it's it's fun and it's quick and yeah. you know it, film I have learned though is very chaotic it's yeah. always last minute there's there's it's a it's a job of putting out fires that's what it yeah, is. there is no such thing as a quiet day of chaos. Chaos, organized chaos <laughs> i have learned that and luckily enough i thrive in that environment yeah. i think a lot of people would not be able to i do but yeah. it is uh, yeah it is definitely organized chaos man oh man it's it's a whole different world and it, it's so different from my agricultural portfolio because my agriculture portfolio i get to meet these wonderful people that are so organized like you know what I mean you're yeah. planting you're thinking of what you're planting a year and ahead and how you're going to do it and yeah. to, you know different personalities completely different yeah. jobs and it yet they're all one you know it comes down that get to work with these great people and they, all these meet all these wonderful people which is the big thing like that's the thing it comes down to the people I get to meet so how would people reach you what what's your office uh... my, I'll make it my email is noella mm-hmm. n-o-e-l-l-a dot 
Rinaldo, R-I-N-A-L-D-O, at Timmons.ca, which is yeah. kind of, yeah. And they can just email me if they're interested and in the something. And is called? It's the Timmons Economic Development Corporation, so the T-E-D-C. So it's Timmons Economic Development Corporation. Okay. So I have to tell you a story that I wanted to tell okay. you about Sudbury. <laughs> okay. So, you know, because I was a counselor and the director of BIA, and then my portfolio that I have now, it's one day I'm on the news, I'm talking about agriculture, and the yeah. next day I'm talking about film. Oh, yeah. You never know what the hell. If you, if you turn on the local Immigration. I come, it's true. I could be talking. Many hats. Yeah. I'm talking about immigration. Then I'm talking about agriculture. Then I'm talking about, you know, films. And, and you used to wear a nylon hat I, when you were a when kid. When I was a kid. So you wouldn't get bit by But the there's mosquitoes. something about Sudbury. They must watch the news. I'm they not do. kidding you. Yeah. Every time I come here... Every time I come here, the first day I was here, two days ago when I was here, yeah. four different people, four completely different people throughout the day. Yeah. You're Noella from the city of Timmins. I see you on the news all the time. And I'm going, Jesus. So yesterday we had a wonderful tour of, of Sudbury and they brought us down to Bell Park to feed us lunch. And so we're eating like burritos, which were fantastic. Yeah. And we're eating and I'm with Brian, my location guy, and we're eating. And these two women are walking around Ramsey Lake and they... They literally saw me and walked up to off the trail to us at the picnic table and went, you're Noella from the city of Timmins. I said to Brian, see, I'm not bullshitting you. I'm telling you, this happens everywhere I go. It's crazy. I said, I will never be able to dance on the tables in Sudbury on a Sudbury Saturday night no. because the whole town will friggin' know who I am. They, know who, I, they know who I am in Sudbury as much as they do in Timmins. So I have to be on my best behavior. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm not it. kidding you. I went down this morning to get coffee at Tim Hortons and the couple, there was an older couple sitting outside and they're kind of looking at me. And I came out and they go, well, I know you. And I go, I don't know from where. I didn't tell them. I said, I don't know. I'm, I don't know where you know me from. I'm not from here. And then I walked away because I said, I'm not going to start the conversation. I had a hot coffee and I wanted, wanted to drink to it. <laughs> but yeah, but often I'll go, I'm from Timmins. And the minute I say I'm from Timmins, they usually say, yeah. they'll look and then they'll, oh, you're the, on the news. Like yeah. they'll know me, you know, yeah. they'll kind of pick it up. I think it's my white hair. I think now it's my white hair. Why but you're so brave to go completely, completely white. That was my oh. COVID. Here, I'm yeah. still coloring my hair. <laughs> it is very liberating. It is yeah, very liberating. I have to say to be white, to have white and you hair. You still look as beautiful. As oh well, ever. thank you. You were Miss Timmins one year. One year, and mm-hmm. I was so proud. Of oh you. well, thank you, thank yeah. you very much. Like I had only been there a year at that time, so and I was Miss THVS and only went there a year. Wow. Yeah, and then That's right amazing. after that, yeah. You're I, still such a beautiful person oh, thank inside you. and out. Thank you, and you just... too. I mean, it's always a thrill when I see you, Like, and, yeah. and I'm so glad. And like, he's, if you you know, you can't see her, obviously, you're on a podcast, but she still, she looks like a million bucks. She looked like the day that I saw you. I'm not kidding you. You look <laughs> like a you. million bucks. Like, thank Jesus. You. Same with you. Same with <laughs> so you. we're, like, we're currently in my hotel room, gabbing away. I'm wondering if somebody's through the other side of this door, if they're listening to this conversation. Who cares? <laughs> We'll have to we wonder what I was doing. And our goal was to talk about our childhood living yeah. in Abitibi Canyon. Uh, oh, and I have to mention my grade eight grad trip was going on the Polar Bear Express. Polar Bear Express, did yes, you do that? yeah, I did that too. I went to the Polar Bear. I went to Moosonee for the yeah. day. Moosonee, yeah. and then on the boat to Moose Factory yeah. and back. So that was our grade eight trip, folks. It wasn't no fancy prom. <laughs> no, no. Same with yeah. I remember we went up to Moosonee, and it was it was great. Actually, I still so remember great. it. Yeah, yeah. and then I, uh, I end up in Sudbury. You end up in Timmins, and now you're running the and promoting the film development. Film development. In the <laughs> And then our lives kind of parallel. They do, bit, they you know? do. Like, but, but, like, I mean, I, I, there, I'm not kidding you. There are days when I wake up and go, "How in the hell did I get here?" 
when I would sit on the Farmer's Market Board of Ontario, yeah. I go, I know diddly squat about agriculture. Why am I here? How did I get here? Never been on a farm in my life. But I started a farmer's market and I could understand the passion that farmers had and got to know them and they felt that I, I met them somewhere. Yeah. I met somebody who said, you need to be on the Ontario board. You're, and I went, you're a go-getter. <laughs> but it, it's Why? these you great people. The go-getter, you put Noella Ronaldo right beside But it's you. like, you got to wonder, where, how did life bring me here? Yeah. Like, even for me, like, well, to And we never film. thought about movies. No, there but movies. There was movie. no movie, can't, film, studio, well, cinema. Well, that's it. I mean, you're those. involved in film. I'm involved. How in the hell did I get involved in film? I, I shake my head sometimes. And, you know, I say that to people. You never know where the do- what door is going to open or what well, you're going to do. The first movie I saw was Mary Poppins in, <laughs> in Cochrane with my dad, and I was blown away. away. And that's when I fell Jeez. in love with movies. movies. What was your first? I don't film? remember. I honestly don't remember. I remember seeing movies at the rec center, like in the canyon. Yeah. We would see movies on there. The ones I re- I don't remember movies, but I do remember. Do you remember the people used to come up, like the National Geographic used to bring animal slides and stuff. Do you remember that? I don't know what the hell that was, but it was. I remember they used they to come with educators. They came with slides <laughs> of their. In the bush. They had slides of animals. They were like National Geographic people, but it wasn't film. It was slides. <laughs> and they would come. I can remember that they would travel in the bush to show a slide. Do you remember that? Not a hundred percent. Oh man, it was like I some guy who used to travel and he used to bring his slides of animals. Remember driving home? Yeah. And all the, oh yeah. I, it's like, a, a, yeah, I don't remember my first, first movie. I remember going to movies, but I don't remember my first movie. Yeah, but but yeah. it still bums but me out that I'm the, here. Yeah, I know. you're in the movie business. But you know what? The more you do things, the more you realize they're just people. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it, everything yes. I do oh, is yeah. just people. But I meet people, people that are fascinating. Like we talked about the Stardust Festival, the Rocket Festival. I mean... I, I mean, like here I am, I'm, I'm at a supper, I'm sitting with people that work for NASA and uh, Space Canada, and I'm, I'm there because I've given them money, and I'm having these conversations, and they're talking about the, the actual, the shuttle that went up today, there was somebody who worked on that, sh- the shuttle that went up that's collecting rock that yeah. was on the news this morning, yeah. that somebody had, they were, they were in that payload, and I'm, I'm going, like, what, how, the... Like, how did I get here? I'm talking to these these wonderful, and they were women, two, three women, actually. One, wow. yeah, and I'm talking to these fascinating, and we, they call themselves, and they are the Big Bang people. They really are the Big Bang people. Really? And I'm talking to them, and I'm going, I can't believe I'm here. And like I said, same with film and agriculture. I'm going, I can't believe this is what, it, like, if you would have told me this 20 years ago, I would have thought you were nuts. But I always felt that we can do anything we want. Because and the people when we meet, they're in the same thing. Like yeah. you know what I mean? They have the and that's the one thing. And that's what I admire about yourself. Is, is you were talking away to people, and you you just got to just want to know people. Yeah. And when you get to know yeah. them, like you yeah. know, they all have their own stories. And oh, I got to get home. You know, you you have this person who has this high position. So I got to get home. My kids are driving me crazy, and I got to go get one of them lost her boots. So you, they all have the same problems. Like it's same. it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. There are those people that'll put on the airs and pretend they don't have it, yeah. but you just have to read through that and know yeah. that that you know they're pretending. They're pretending life is perfect <laughs> my, my dad had a good philosophy a person is a, is a friend he hasn't met yet yeah exactly sort of like that and i always just try to i just like people and well and that's it you know and and i'm lucky i'm married to a man who's who's like that the same up. yeah you have a 
very supportive husband. Yeah, he very supportive. You do whatever yeah. you yeah. want. And he's the same as I am. He loves to meet people. Like yes. when he came with me to Cinefest last year, I was disappointed he couldn't come this year because of his work. But he came with me. He was my calling card. Like, and he, I'd leave him out. He'd go down the lobby just to people watch. And I'd come back and he'd introduce me to, this is Bill. He's a finance producer. And this is, you know what I mean? <laughs> I got him. I told him to we'll meet him for coffee. You could talk to him at five o'clock. Like that's what he, he was oh like my, my agent there. There, that guy. <laughs> so he's the same thing. He he loves to meet uh, people. Oh, so I'm very lucky, and our kids are the same. I mean, my daughter works for Porter Airlines. She's been with them since day one, yeah. since they started, and she's a purser. So she's you know she's involved servicing people all the time and loves to meet people. Always did. She worked with me in the stores, and she was amazing in the store. Loves to work with people. And, and Jonathan? my Jonathan is a DJ. Is Toronto is his base. He's his big DJ, and. John's all over the world. Yeah, he's all over the place. And he's a storyteller. Like, there's a person you want to get. He tells stories. Oh, my God. He's, he makes you laugh so much. He can tell a story. And we all say that. Oh, my God. John, John tells the story on the phone and you're in his stitches. Him and my mom used to talk on the phone for hours. Oh, hours. That's so and he would make her laugh so much. But he, he yeah, he's, a, he's my storyteller. He, likes, he meets people in a different way and, and comes back with stories whenever he calls and waiting to hear what the stories are. And like our Hillary is just, she just loves being with people and meeting people. So we're very lucky, you know, like yeah. where that came from. Would that come from the canyon where we just had to support each other? Like you had no yeah. choice. You were in a small town. Yeah. I don't know. You have to wonder. Or is there other people from the canyon that are like that too? Like, I, I really think so. I think we all have. We all seem to have a lot of friends, and, yeah. and it's just sort of. It was I, a trusting place to grow up. You had to trust each other so. and depend on yeah. each other. I think because mm-hmm. you were so yeah. isolated. So. Yeah. Well, this has been so fascinating. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm glad. Laura. It was wonderful just to talk, actually. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it just happened as a bonus, I guess, that you're taping it. But yeah. I guess we just got to <laughs> well, gab away. Yeah, so I, I will upload this podcast. I'll let you know. Probably wonderful. on Tuesdays. I like to do it on Tuesdays every two weeks. But I, I'm going to make sure this one goes up the oh, next wonderful. Tuesday. And I really, really, really appreciate you oh, talking was, with me. It was me. a lot of fun. And we always laugh and giggle. Yeah. Like, it's amazing they don't kick us out whenever there's a, it's like both t- no delegates. time has gone by right yeah, i it's know like no and then we sit and we listen and we kind of like whisper a few things and then we giggle and then anyway well, they, we to, they say, even had to come and tell us hey the, the session is starting you guys gotta stop talking i know it felt like i was in high school even <laughs> <laughs> gave a shit <laughs> Noella, and, he, and Devin, I know him, of course. And Devin, Devin goes, Noella, we're starting the session. You have to stop talking. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. We didn't even notice. We, we keep talking as we're going on the long Canadian goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> we have like five ways to say goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at the door, in the car, I know. or at the at the driveway, in the we're car. We're still saying goodbye. We're still saying goodbye. My daughter does that. You know, not. we've tried to end this podcast like six times now, right? Anyway, we have to go. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. And I really appreciate it. A lot of laughs. I've been wiping away tears here. (laughs) And you take good care and have a safe trip back to Timmins. And uh, talk to you later. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye.